Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will continue teaching us from the book of Esther how Mordecai and Esther were choice servants who saw nothing of God's plan at work. But the Bible says, so it came to pass. Download this message for free at friendshipwithgod.org or download it on iTunes. We want to thank you for listening to Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program. It's your listenership and your support, your financial support, your donations that help keep this Friendship with God radio program staying on in this city and this station. And we want to continue to encourage you to support this radio program and donate it online at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also call us today directly to help support this program before or after the program at one 800 247 3051. That's 1 800 247 3051. Once again, 1 800 247 3051. Now, your donation not only goes to keep the Friendship with God radio program on this station in this city, but it has a matching donation that helps Israel Restoration Ministry to reach over 1.5 million Jewish people a year with the gospel. We reach many Gentiles as well. And we do that through Israel Restoration Ministries missionaries that go door-to-door in 18 different U.S. cities and also in different countries from South America to Israel to Canada, getting the gospel out to the Jew first and also to the Greek. As Paul told us to do in Romans 1.16 when he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek, which are the Gentiles. So this radio program reaches millions with the gospel, not just over the airwaves here, but with the gospel going out door to door to millions of people in 18 different U.S. cities and also in different countries around the world from South America, Israel to Canada. If you want to support a radio program and an outreach ministry like Israel Restoration Ministries that's getting the gospel out to the lost and dying world around them, we need your help. We need your donation and financial support today to continue this radio program and this outreach ministry. Call us today at one 800 247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Call us before or after the program, 1-800-247-3051. Or you can go to friendshipwithgod.org to donate online. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Now here's Tom Cantor as we continue our study from the Book of Esther on the Friendship with God radio program. And we're going to do this every Thursday and Friday leading up to Purim on March 15th. So the lesson for Mordecai and for Esther and for us is that when you walk with God, when you, get, when you sign up, when you, you know, sign up, we talked about the military this morning, when you sign up in God's military of walking with God, he will issue you one Psalm 119, 105 Coleman lantern and one Psalm 119, 105 mag light. Okay? That's all you get. And that's called, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now Paul said in Romans 8, 28, We know that all things work together for good to them that love God. He didn't say we see that all things work together for good to them that love God. He didn't say that. And Esther did, but the point about Esther and Mordecai is that they didn't give up in the discouragement test of it came to pass. Because they didn't say, well, God's not in control. Just forget it. Give up. No, no, no. They didn't do that. They passed. They passed the first test of so it came to pass. Next test is also found there in verse 8 with the little word also. That's the also test. They had to pass that. Esther had to pass that. She had to be passed that in order to be used of God. What's that mean? When many maidens were gathered together unto Shushan the palace to the custody of Hagar, that Esther was brought also, that's the test, into the king's house to the custody of Hagar, keeper of the woman. So Esther thought to herself, wait a second here. I'm a child of God. I'm not one of these heathen, I'm not a pagan like these heathen women here. He said, I belong to the only true God. 
And she sees herself being swept up also with the many maidens. And she could have said to, hey guys, she could have said, uh, excuse me, but I'd like to <laughs> make a special request. She could have done that. I would like a special exemption. You see, I'm special. And uh, actually, I belong to the only true God. And I really even shouldn't be here. So, because all y'all are pagans. She could have said that. And you're all worshiping false idols. And there's no place for a nice girl like me here. Might as well let me go. Can I be excused? All right. Now, that was a test for Esther. She, she was swept up in the also with the many maidens. But see, Esther, she could have been sitting there. She, you could almost see her saying, you know what? Matthew 28, 20, she could have said, my God's with me. Lo, I am with you always, even unto Shushan the palace, even unto the end of the world. And when she was faced with the also test, she could remember her matriarch, Sarah, who also had an also test with Abimelech and Pharaoh. And Esther could say, there's no temptation taken me, but such as is common to Sarah and others. And God is faithful, and he will not suffer me to be tempted above that I am able. He will, with this temptation, also make a way of escape so that I can bear it. And so this also test was hard. It was difficult. But she said, God will not allow it to overcome me. He will make it so that I can handle it, and he'll make a way to escape. So by not becoming discouraged from thinking that God had just forgotten her, and she just became an also among the others that were being swept into the harem there, She passed the also test. Now, next, she had to pass the terror test. What's the terror test? Well, in Esther 2.10, it says, Esther had not showed her people nor her kindred, for Mordecai had charged her that she should not show it. You know, this is right after, verse 10, she's been swept up. She said, you know, the program is you will be groomed, go in and spend the night with one scary king. And so she found herself in a pagan palace starting on a one-year course of who knows what to get her sweetened up and fragranced up so that it all can culminate in this one-night stand. Of a very impulsive, anyway, this is bad, given to orgies and everything. And then she would be part of his harem. Wow, what a future. She was terrified. She was terrified. She missed home. Where's home? And it all happened so quickly. Where's the place where God is honored? Where's my father and my mentor, Mordecai? This was the last place she wanted to be. And she's sitting there thinking, I'm terrified. How can I get out of here? But wait, she's got in her pocket the get out of jail card. She's got the way out. It's so easy. She's got the key to be released just like that. She knew that this could all be over just like that so quickly. She could come out of that terrifying place and be home that night. All she's got to do is just tell them she's Jewish. That's her get out of jail card. That's all she's got to do. She's just got to say, uh, excuse me, I just want you to know, I just happen to be one of those despised Jewish captives. And you don't want to put one of them in front of the king as a potential candidate for the queen, do you? And then she could maybe do something Jewish, like pray in Hebrew or something like that. She could say, Shema Yisrael, Adonai, Eloheinu. And they would go, oh, no. You know. And she would be put out the back door to the palace with the cat that night or that day. And she could go right back into the safety and comfort of her home. That's all she had to do. But verse 10 says that before she was taken in for this, that Mordecai told her, Esther, I don't know what's going on here, but this is an opportunity from God. And you are not to tell them that you are Jewish. You are not to tell them of who your kindred are. You are not to tell them that you're one of the despised prisoners that they had taken there. You don't do that. 
And this was the terror test. And she says, you know, I've been commanded not to tell. God has a purpose. He will take care of me. This is an opportunity from God. I say, I'll look at all this and I'll just say, I'm going to trust God. And she passed the terror test. That's what she did. She said, all i got to do is just tell him I'm Jewish and I'm out. No, Mordecai told me not to do that. Mordecai said, always look for God's opportunities. So she did it. And she didn't pull the I'm Jewish card. She passed. Next, she had to pass the contentment test. Now look at verse 15, Esther 2.15. Now when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abihel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her for his daughter was come to go into the king. She required nothing but what Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women, appointed. And Esther obtained, by the way, have you noticed that word, obtained? Several times it says that about her. She obtained, she received, favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. Now, this is the contentment trial. Very significant, because Jewish people do not exactly have a reputation of being content. They've been known to complain a little bit from time to time. Not so bad, but sometimes. But Esther, I wasn't Esther. She was not a Jewish something princess. She was not, you know, Esther was not. Let me show you what Esther was not. Eyelashes, eyelashes. Where are these maidens? Eyelashes. A little curl, please. All right. Hair, 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 hair. Hair. Perfect. Not, not perfect yet. What's with these Persian helpers? You can't find good help here anymore. We have a potential queen bee here. Can we get a little bit of attention? Hello. Okay. <laughs> Should I go on more? <laughs> so that was not Esther. That was not Esther. After one year of soaking in all this stuff and getting fragranced up and all getting ready, Haggai says, Esther, what do you require? And unlike all the other, Queen Bee, unlike all the others there, she says, whatever you think, whatever you want to give me, that'll be just fine. I wonder if she really was Jewish. I don't know. But anyway... <laughs> Uh, that'll be just fine. Why was Esther content? Because she had God. Mordecai had made sure that she had God. And with God, she had everything she needed. And she didn't need anything else because she had God. Esther was content because she could say with Paul, I've got God, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I don't need because I have. As a matter of fact, she could have said, what I have is what you need. And we saw this in the lives of others who were taken against their will, such as Joseph. And we saw the great influence that Joseph had on those in the Egyptian courts. Especially when that one Egyptian steward came and said to the brothers, your God hath given you your treasure back. Whoa, he's talking about their God. How did he know about their God? Faithful Joseph. Joseph didn't just save the people from the physical famine. He saved the people from the spiritual famine by teaching them about God. God sent Joseph into Egypt to save Egyptians. And God sent Esther there as well. All these thoughts, wonderful thoughts about how's God going to use me. But by not complaining, she passed the contentment test and so she could be used by God. Now, the next thing that she had to pass, which was very, very difficult to pass this test, is the being exalted test. This is a tough one. And as you look at these verses, think of the trial that it was for Esther. Look at this trial here. Verse 17. And the king loved Esther above all the women. That was a test. And she obtained grace and favor of the sight more than all. That was a test. The virgins. 
so that he set the royal crown upon her head, that was a test, and made her queen instead of Vashti. Then the king made a great feast unto all his princes and his servants, even Esther's feast, that was a test. I mean, all the servants, all the princes have to honor her? And he made a release, the promises gave gifts according to the state of the king. And when the virgins were gathered together the second time, then Mordecai sat in the king's gate. Esther had not shown her kindred nor her people as Mordecai had charged her for. Esther did the commandment of Mordecai like as when she was brought up with him. Now, by the time we come here to verse 20, this is a whole lot different situation than we had in the earlier verse when she didn't show that she was Jewish then. Because now... Oh, Miss Esther, you know, she could have said, "Uh, that's Queen Esther to you, if you don't mind. You know, these things are different now. She's now the queen of the kingdom. She now wears the royal crown on her head. It would have been very easy for her to say, you know, I don't feel like hiding my identity. I'm the queen. I'm going to tell who I am, who my people are. I'm the queen. Mordecai who? See, she could have taken that attitude. I'm the queen. She could have been like different, changed by all this exaltation, than the when she was the little girl in Mordecai's house, listening to Mordecai's commandments. But that's not the attitude that Hester took. That wasn't her. And, you know, we admire her for this. And notice the words. Esther did the commandment of Mordecai like as when she was brought up, little girl, with him. Queen Esther, just the same. It didn't go to her head. This was the swelled head test. This was the test where you measure the diameter of Esther's head, and if it gets big, then she fails. But it didn't get big. stayed the same size. See? It didn't matter that she was Queen Esther because Esther was so rock solid in her obedience to Mordecai that it was, for Esther, do the commandment just the same of Mordecai like as when I was brought up with him. That's Esther. This is remarkable. She's rock solid. It's no wonder why the Israeli, the young Israeli nation in the 1940s chose to give the name to their women who fought for the independence of the state of Israel and risked their lives. Many of them were killed. They called them Hadassah, which is her name, because she's so rock solid. She's, she's just remarkable. She'd been exalted above all the women. Great, great congratulations feast. She was honored as the new queen, the royal crown on her head, and she's just the same little girl as when she was brought up in Mordecai's house. Wow. Why? Because she was determined to be used by God. And she knew that if she failed the swelled head test or the exaltation test, she'd be disqualified to be used by God. And she didn't want to be disqualified through pride. So she passed. She passed the so it came to pass test, refusing to believe that God was not in control. She passed the also test, refusing to believe that God had just forgotten about her. She passed the terror test, refusing to become paralyzed with fear of what was going to happen to her. She passed the contentment test, refusing to complain or demand. She passed the exaltation test, refusing to let her head swell with pride over being the new queen. And how was Esther able to pass these tests? Because above everything, above everything, she wanted to be used by God. And she knew that if she failed any one of those tests, that was it. It was over. She was disqualified. And she knew she wanted to find how God wanted to use her. She wanted to follow that, God's directive. She wanted to finish it. She really wanted to finish it. Sunday, October 20th, 1968. Beautiful, crisp, wintry day in Mexico City. That was the day of the Summer Olympics, the men's marathon. 3 p.m., shot goes off. 74 men. It's 
start running the 42-kilometer race. One of the competitors, John Stephen Akawi from Tanzania. He trained in Tanzania, trained in Dar es Salaam, trained on the coast down there in Tanzania. It was kind of not exactly like the altitude of Mexico City. And so at the 19-kilometer marker, Akawi cramps up. He fell. He dislocated his knee. He banged his shoulder so badly it's bleeding. It was a tough race. 17 of the men just gave up and never finished. The winner was Mama Waldi of Ethiopia, trained in Addis Ababa, about the same altitude as Mexico City. He finished in two hours, 20 minutes. An hour later, the sun had set. There's only a few thousand people in the stadium in Mexico City. And all of a sudden, in the distance, police sirens they can hear. And then all of a sudden, they, they hear in the distance, they said, there's another runner. The television crew is long gone. They're over in a medals ceremony, and they, they get word, there's another runner coming. They rush back into the stadium to film the small crowd standing at their feet and cheering as John Stephen Akawi painfully hobbles across the finish line in three hours and 25 minutes. Knee out of joint, bloody shoulder. TV crew rushes down and asks him the question everybody wanted to know. And the question was, we had 17 runners that gave up. Why did you finish the race? Your knee's out of joint. Look at you, you're all bloody. Why did you finish the race? His reply, my country did not send me 10,000 miles just to start a race. They sent me to finish the race. You know, God has not sent each one of us here to start a race, to be used by God. He sent us to finish the race. And even though the crowd has left, and maybe they've all given up on you, God will stay in that stadium with that few thousand. And like he did with Stephen the martyr, he'll rise to his feet when you cross that finish line. How did Esther continue in her race and pass all those tests? Because Mordecai had told her, God did not send you into this palace just to get into the palace. He didn't send you there just to start the race. He sent you there to finish the race. Don't tell him you're Jewish. And because of Esther's resolve to finish the race, the Jewish people were saved from extermination by Haman. And there was another crisp, beautiful winter day, and another race, and another runner in Jerusalem. And his course was called the Via della Rosa, the way of grief. And on that race, he fell also under the weight of his cross. But he also got up bloody, and he crossed the finish line. And when he did, he screamed or cried out, it's finished. And if you interviewed him, the same question, why did you finish the race? Your body was so broken, all your bones were out of joint, you were dried up, you were abandoned by your friends, you were surrounded by your enemies. Why did you finish the race? He would have said, my father did not send me millions of miles just to start this race. He sent me to finish the race. And because of his resolve to finish the race, believers are safe from the destruction of hell. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for sending and being the great sender to rescue. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that as hard as it was for you, you didn't give up. But you, in order to say to your Father, I have finished the work you gave me to do. You finished it. And so here we stand, saved. 
because of your resolve. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Dad, you've mentioned in past teachings about the feeding of the 5,000. That's always been a story that's interested me. What lessons can we learn from the feeding of the 5,000? Well, Dave, that passage is given to us in John chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. And it's very interesting, the points in these scenes that are brought out to us so that we can focus on it. It first of all says, there is a lad, there is a lad here, which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? So the first thing that's brought to our mind is that what God used, the person who God used here was not a man, not a full-grown man, but just a little boy, someone called a lad. There's a lad here. And he had, this lad had five barley loaves and two small fishes. And you know what's marvelous to focus on that little boy is to think that of him just running up to the Lord and saying, here, here they are, here's here's." And that's the beauty of, 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 of youth. That's the beauty of a childlike spirit. Yes, you can do anything. Here's my five loaves and two small fishes. The adults look and they say, but what are they among so many? They disdained. But then the Lord Jesus Christ, he says, no, make the men sit down. In other words, in other words, follow my lead and I will, I will honor the faith of this little boy here. And so they made him sit down and there was about 5,000. And then the Lord Jesus Christ, it says in verse 11, he took the loaves and when he had given thanks, so in other words, instead of worrying about, oh, no, 5,000, what in the world are we possibly going to do it? And you remember what they said? They said it wasn't just two fishes or two big fishes. It was two small fishes. And so instead of, of worrying about that, he just the Lord Jesus Christ just give thanks. Oh, he says, and I wonder what he said. I wonder what he said in prayer. I wonder if he said, oh, God, thank you for these five barley loaves. Thank you for these two, these two fishes. Thank you that you created these fishes. Thank you that you made the barley to grow. Thank you that you gave the bread to come from the earth, as the Hebrew prayer goes. Thank you for all these things. And then after he had given thanks and he made his soul happy in God, he distributed them to, all, to the disciples and the disciples to everyone else. And then it says, when they were filled. So it wasn't just that everybody had a taste, but they ate a lot until they were full and said, I don't want any more. And then he said, now you go and you gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Why? Because as they gathered them up, they filled 12 baskets with the fragments that came from the five barley loaves, which remained, as he put, over and above unto them that did eat. He did that so that they would see. Never despise the day of small things. That's what he said. Despise not the day of small things. Despise not this lad. Despise not the only five barley loaves. Despise not the only small, the fact that they're two small fishes. Why? Because if God is going to bless it, then that little is going to go and do and, and be a miracle, as he said, as he said, with man things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. There are no obstacles with God. And so he had them gather it up so that they can look at it there, and they and that would be like a rebuke, and they would say, never again will I despise a, a, a little boy's faith. Never again will I shortchange God. I will give God time to work through these problems. And this is where the application comes to us. We are faced with a multitude of problems in our lives. Problems come to us like waves of the sea, one right after the other. But God says, give me time. 
Have faith like this little boy. Bring what you have, and I will look at your need, and I will meet your need. And at the end, I want you to take the time as if you were to gather up these, gather it all up into the baskets so that you can give thanks for all God has done to meet your needs. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. Tom Cantor wants to encourage you to witness to your lost Jewish friend, Jewish doctor, Jewish business owner, Jewish neighbor, someone that you know is Jewish, maybe even a family member that you have that is Jewish. And Tom Cantor not only wants to send you a free gift of his life story on DVD and in a booklet form to help you reach your lost Jewish friend, but Tom Cantor wants to personally pray for your lost Jewish friend. Now, we can send that free gift directly to you, or we can send it directly to them. So you just need to fill out our online form at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Dot org friendshipwithgod.org fill out that online form and in the notes section include your friend's name Tom Cantor will pray for your lost Jewish friend now Tom Cantor and Israel Restoration Ministries reaches over 1.5 million lost Jewish people a year with the gospel so we not only want to reach your lost Jewish friend with a free gift, but we also want you to help support Jewish evangelism through Israel Restoration Ministries and the Friendship with God radio program. And if you'd like to help support the gospel going to the Jew first, you can donate at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or you can call us directly at 1-800-247-3051, one 247 3051 Once again, that's 1-800-247-3051. You can call us directly to get a gift sent to your lost Jewish friend or to donate and help support this radio ministry staying on the airwaves and also the gospel going out to the Jew first and also to the Gentiles. 1-800-247-3051 or go to friendshipwithgod.org.